What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. Welcome back to the Do Your Crap Podcast. This is your host, Micah Folsom, and we have a guest with us on today. Her name is Sabrina Zohar, and she started her career in fashion at the age of 14 and has since worked for some of the biggest fashion brands in the world, including, I don't even, you guys, I'm so unfancy. I'm going to botch these. Ellie Saab, <laughs> Nux active and now her own brand software software was created out of true need. Her mom went to the doctor with a headache and they found six brain aneurysms and two clots on the neck, giving her a three to 5% chance of survival. She says her mom's positive attitude and mental state helped everyone get through the scariest time of their lives. And the day after her successful surgery, after three failed ones, Sabrina started software. After four years, the brand has seen incredible success and placements such as Bloomingdale's Rumble, Tracy Anderson, and publications like Forbes, Marie Claire, and Men's Journal. Sabrina now works with clients one-on-one to help tackle anxious attachment, anxiety, and dating, and help them do the work to heal the inner child traumas and live a more authentic life. She's huge on TikTok, so find her there. But we are going to be talking brands and entrepreneurship and anxiety and doing inner work and just so many amazingly incredible things on this episode. So let's turn it over to the show. All right, Sabrina, welcome to the show. I'm so pumped to have you here. Thank you for having me. Super stoked to be here. Yeah, we booked this like so many months ago. I think about four or five. Yeah. How many months ago? So it's like, yay, it's finally here. I'm so excited. So Me first, too. before we dig in all the good stuff, I know you're going to have so much to bring. Give us a feel for who you are. What's your story? How did you get into entrepreneurship? Just give us who Sabrina is. Totally. So my name is Sabrina Zohar. Um, I was born and raised in Florida, moved to New York when I was 19 to be an actor and thought that was going to be my future. I actually, I come from, I mean, my family, like my father was an entrepreneur all my life. Um, most of the guys in our family were, um, and on my mom's side, I'm the first female entrepreneur, but yeah. So, but like, I I always knew that that was going to be an end goal at some point in my life, but I didn't know what that was going to look like or what company I just knew like one day I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. And so when I was doing the whole acting thing, like it taught me how to talk to people and be around and and learn that comfort level, but I, I just didn't love it anymore. And so I was working in fashion at the time, went back to school, very proud college dropout and, um, just started exploring like different avenues of the fashion industry was a buyer, then went into wholesale. And while I was in that, um, about 2016, every time I tell the story, it's getting further and further away. But so 2016, um, I quit, I was pack a day smoker. I was on all kinds of medications for my anxiety and depression that I, I just didn't need. I just need therapy. And, uh, I was in a really unhappy relationship, super unhealthy in every aspect, didn't 
didn't work out. And one day I was like, I'm just done. So I cut cold Turkey, went paleo, like the craziest withdrawals spent four months doing that and realizing like health and wellness means so much to me. Okay. That's the Avenue I want to go into. And at the time I was working at a showroom doing like a really, really high end brand. And I, I just, I couldn't relate to an, a $70,000 gown. Like it was just a world that I don't think I was ever going to fit into. Yeah. And at the time that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to do something active wear. Cool. I'll just work for a brand. Couldn't get a job. And I was like, okay, the universe at that point, I was like, something has to give. And my mom, who's like my best friend, she went to the doctor that afternoon. She's super spiritual. And she's like, the ocean's yelling at me. Something's going on. And I remember saying, mom, it's all in your head. And I was right because they found six brain aneurysms that corroded the top half of her vessel. They gave her a three to 5% chance of living. And they, yeah, she had like two corroded arteries on the neck. It was like the doctors, of course, had never seen anything like this. And my job at the time said it was job abandonment if I went home. And I walked out, spent three months with my mom just seeing like how her mental state was keeping her going. And like, she just literally refused to accept the fate that they were giving her. She was like, no, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. We just like, we, we couldn't comprehend it. They had, their guess was that she would be paralyzed, neck down, blind, deaf, like something. They were like, you're not going to get out of this without anything. Yeah. And so while that was all happening, I got a job um, for this athleisure company that was just overpriced and like nothing special, but I was able to at least just kind of enter the world, listen to what the customers were saying, got my brand new apartment in Brooklyn, which we all know is expensive, was set up, was like, okay, this is my future. Here I go. And a month later, before my mom's surgery, she embezzled the money, closed the company, and I was on my ass again. I mean, like, talk about the first of many rock bottoms. And so I, because I couldn't afford this place without that job. And that's when her investor was like, you know, come up with a new concept. So my sister and I chatted and I was like, what about coming up with like, what all the consumers are saying is missing? Like, what if we did a really great basics line that was your tried and true? You knew you could always come back and get your favorite tea, your favorite tank, your favorite pants. Like there's no logo. There's no nothing. There's no star stripes. Like it's just a black tank, you know, whatever, like whatever it is that you want. And that's where software conceptualized. I pitched it to the investor and he said, no, never mind. I don't want to do it. I was like, okay, went back to looking for jobs and my friend connected me to her brother. He is now my ex-business partner, but at the time became the business partner. And he was like, why don't we just do it? And I was like, yeah, I'm not, that's insane. I talk about imposter syndrome. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And he's like, no, I think we should. I said, no. And then my mom went in for her final surgery. She had three failed ones. And we were like, all right, this is it. Like, if this doesn't work, they were going to have to like break her skull. It was going to be a whole thing. And they created a coil that worked. And I got a photo of her and like this in the hospital. And I called my partner and I was like, let's do it. And so we started software the next day. And since then it has just been the craziest, craziest ride. So how long has it been? That's incredible for one. I'm so, so your mom is doing good. She's great. She, the side effects that she has are like, she'll forget a word. I'm like, that's cool. It's amazing. I'm here to fill it in. Yeah. But otherwise like true miracle. So cool. Okay. So happy to hear that first. Second. So it's been how many years since you've been doing software then? So I created the, 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 we like LLC'd uh, November, 2017. And we didn't hit okay. the market until November, 2018. Cause it took me a year to get everything going. We make everything from start to finish. Like we don't buy blanks. We make all of our product. We had to source all of our materials, the material we had to create because it wasn't on the market. So we had to kind of troubleshoot that took like six months getting wholesale orders then we had to get a PO in order to get the loan in order to start. Like there was a whole slew of things that needed to happen. But so now this November will make it five years. That's incredible. I want to talk, I want to kind of like pull some stuff out of that for a sec. So yeah. for any of our listeners, we have a ton of entrepreneurs, but for anyone who is like wanting to start a business from the ground up, 
what are some of the biggest lessons or the things that maybe you're like, gosh, I wish I would have done this sooner. Or this is one of the things that I've walked away from and learned from like, are there anything, is there anything like that, that kind of would be helpful for that, that listener that's on that side of things right now? Totally. Um, I think a common misconception when you're starting a business is like, oh, I need millions. Like I, if I don't have a ton of money, well, then what's the point? And it's like, I mean, listen, it takes money to make money. It would be very helpful. <laughs> but if you can find a way, like we, we literally pinched our pennies together with family, friends, like anybody that was willing to give it, but we had an order on our goods to cover a good portion of the money that we were loaned. So we at least right. knew, like, listen, guys, we're going to get the money back. If you let us hold on to it for a year, we can at least start to double it. And then we're self-funded. So I think that is the first step is like, you don't need a ton of money. Like you don't need to go and make, especially if you're doing a product-based business, come up with one or two pieces. You do not mm -hmm. need to have 70 styles and 20 different colors and this elaborate line. Like you don't have a customer for that. So until you have a proof of concept, there's no point in putting all of your energy and resources into something without that. Second of all, make sure you do everything yourself because only then will you know what your talents are and where to hire out. And also you can then manage the people effectively that you're hiring out. Right. So like I had a friend, she started a clothing company. And the first thing was, oh, we spent 30,000 on this ad and we did this and I have this and I have this. And I was like, well, what are you doing though? <laughs> like you as the founder, it's very easy. Anybody could get a ton of money and start a brand and hire everybody out to do it. And I'm like, but do you know how to hold those people accountable? Like I did, I literally still to this day do most of the stuff for the business because I know, and but I, I know where to outsource the things that I'm not great at, Right. but at least when I outsource it, if the person tries to give me any strife, I'm like, yeah, you know, I did this. Yeah. I know it doesn't take six hours to do an email. It should take 20 <laughs> minutes. Like, so there's certain things, but if you don't have that experience, you won't know. So yeah, I think totally. those were like probably the two best pieces of advice. And the last one is it's not going to happen overnight. Like we all wish that we were the viral success that, you know, you hear those stories of, oh, I posted a video, I got a million, you know, like we all wish that we were, but that's more the exception, not the rule. Yeah. So I think it's like slow and steady really is going to run the race. You want to be a sustainable product. You want to be a sustainable brand. You don't want to have that hit because it's hard to maintain that hit. So yeah. if you start at a hundred, you've got nowhere else to go. Yeah. I love it. So what has your guys' journey look like as a company? Like, has mm -hmm. it been pretty gradual? Has it been like ups and downs and ups and downs or like, what does that growth kind of projection look like? Every year has been a test to my patients. I'll tell you that <laughs> um, and my mental health. But when I first started the company, I like was working at a store, you know, like making $15 an hour, um, not really able to make ends meet, trying to figure this out. My, my, at the time, boyfriend and I moved in together to, to, to make this all work. And I had a business partner. So I was able to split things with somebody. So we started off strong with wholesale because that was my background. That was pre-COVID. And then of course, now we're in a totally different world. Pre-COVID, it was, I had all these accounts, all these people that had never seen the product. Everybody was like searching for it. Then when COVID hit, I honestly was like, I'm fucked. That's it. I'm gonna have to close the company. We're done. This is going to be the end of me. I was like, we have, you know, $3,000 a month in online sales on a good month. I was like, that's it. Like, there's no way we're going to manage this. And my friend called me and was like, you should try tie-dyeing. And I was like, what am I, six? Like, I'm not tie-dying. And she's like, just could you shut up and try it? And so I took a couple of pieces and I started posting photos of it online, like right when the pandemic hit, like March yeah. 15th, New York was shut down. I ended up taking all of my, this is when I bought my business partner out and was like, all right, it's just going to be me. I liquidated my factory. And luckily my ex had moved out and I had a two-floor apartment that was rent controlled. So I was able to full my entire fulfillment center downstairs, which was like oh 5,000 units. 
I have photos that I'm like, I can't even believe I did that. And I was able the minute, like right when COVID started, we started to see the uptick where I was like, oh, okay, cool. Something's happening. And then when I launched, Hey, we're doing custom tie dye. I think we did 60,000 the first month, like took it from nothing to something. And then COVID was the craziest year. I mean, I tie dyed over 5,000 pieces. I had like carpal tunnel in my hands. I couldn't breathe because of all the products. My entire apartment had tie dye everywhere. Like (laughs) it would take me like four hours to make the piece. So you can imagine making multiple, my bathroom had them. My mom stayed with me because she got COVID when it first started. So she was stuck in New York. She was helping me organize everything that helped me proof of concept to make tie dye. Then I started realizing the quality wasn't where I wanted to, to, to be. So I moved originally, we made our fabric in LA manufactured in New York. And so we moved it all to LA. So now everything is done in LA within like five or 10 miles. That's when I made the move out here. And since then it's been, you know, now we're on the other side of COVID during COVID. It was like, you could make, you could do no wrong. Anything you made would sell. And every brand was feeling that. And now Mm -hmm. the market has completely shifted and we're back to penny pinching and seeing numbers decrease. And almost all the companies I'm speaking to are lucky if they're hitting flat, let alone growth. So for now, we're just trying to like weather the storm, keep doing what we do really well and continue to just get clients that understand as opposed to like adding all these things to the line to get this arbitrary customer. We don't even know if they're going to do. Yeah. I love this. I love digging into just like real conversations of what actually goes on when you're building a company, because there's so many things on the back end that nobody knows, nobody sees, nobody hears. And they're just like, Oh, my, my life and my job and my company is so much harder, but like everybody feels it in some capacity. So this is so good. I want to ask you how, like, how do you guys market? How have you found, obviously it's changed and it shifts with all of the different seasons, but what has been your greatest way to reach new audience, reach new customers, get visibility? What is working best for you? It's a culmination of a couple of things for us. We are tactile, which is a, it's a double-edged sword. It's a blessing and a curse. But it, it, when you look online, you're like, that's ah, a pullover. Then you get it and you're like, what is this? So that reaction was tough at first. So I, when I started the company, of course, wholesale was huge. Wholesale is free marketing. When you think about it, of course, you're going to make less of a margin. You've got to be able to facilitate that in your business and make sure that your costs add up and that you have the margin built in. If you don't, obviously, wholesale is, is a bit trickier. But even if you're making 10% profit, just getting it into stores and into people's hands off the bat is how you're going to establish some kind of clientele. Then we really utilize social. I mean, we don't have like a massive social media following, but still does generate sales. It gets the name out. We work with like various, like Melissa Wood posted for us over COVID and we sold out overnight of a a set. Like it, it is powerful. And if you're, if you can, if you're lucky enough to get the influencer that's willing to do it for free, do it. But like, we don't, we don't invest marketing dollars into social media because you need to really hit hard for that to work. And we just don't have it. Um, we tried Google, didn't move the needle. We had spent quite a bit of money on that. Um, same with, uh, you know, social media marketing, like that wasn't what worked for us. For us, it's organic word of mouth is really big. Um, and press being in very strategic articles. Like when we had the Marie Claire article, men's health, men's journal, like we were in the New York times in December and like sold out of a couple of colorways it's just being really strategic about where we put our money. And so we'll only do press for like a couple of months out of the year. Cause we can't afford it for the entire year. Right. Uh, and then we kind of just hope for the organic growth. All right, friends, in case you haven't heard our family's farm to table, verified natural beef can be on your doorstep by Tuesday. 
Wholesome Farm Beef is officially shipping out our pasture-raised beef nationwide every single Monday. We're talking high-end quality restaurant-style beef sent right to your doorstep. If you value locally sourced farm-to-table foods, then this is especially for you. Our beef is not only raised from start to finish on our own family farm, but our cows also get tippy-top cow treatment with the expertise and knowledge that JD brings to the table as a cattle veterinarian. Getting our family's beef on your family's table is a product of JD and I's two worlds colliding in the most beautiful way. And we are so excited about the opportunity to serve your family for years to come. If you aren't following along on Instagram, you can follow the farm at Folsom Farm Beef. And you can learn more about the farm and see what goes into raising cows and hear what our customers are saying about their experience. Just people falling in love with homegrown beef all over the nation. And I am so happy to get this out to more families. But what really lights us up about this is getting to build another family business that our kids and siblings can be a part of growing for generations to come. When you become a part of the Folsom Farm family, you aren't just supporting a local farmer. You're a part of a big family dream of ours that's coming to life. And we can't thank you enough for being a part of it. So if you're a beef lover, you haven't truly experienced the best of steak, roast, brisket, or ground beef until you've tasted it straight from our farm. Get your order in by Sunday and have your box on your doorstep by Tuesday. We have a variety of options to fit your family's needs with boxes ranging from 10 pound samplers to 50 pound freezer stock ups. And if you want to save the most and never have to worry about getting on the wait list, make sure you're part of our VIP crew for monthly savings and first priority shipping. Head to FolsomFarmBeef.com and get on our email list to receive a $20 off promo code for your first box. We cannot wait to get our beef on your doorstep. All right, back to the show. I love it. I love it. So, so many different facets and you've tried it and some works and some doesn't and you go with what does and you leave with what doesn't. I love it. Okay. I want to, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit. So you mentioned (laughs) building the business, building the company has been like this for your mental health. So you talk a lot about mental health. Like that's a big doing the inner work, doing the, what do you mean when you say do the work? Because you say that a lot. And what have you seen in your own life? Like what an impact that's made, how you get to help people now, all of that stuff. We're going to kind of shift gears a little bit. Totally. I mean, I think mental health is something that it's, it's a, it's a buzzword, but I think it's, um, oftentimes thrown around irresponsibly. Like, I don't think people actually go into like, yeah, what does do the work truly mean? Mm -hmm. And when I say that, it's like, when I started this journey, nobody told me that being an entrepreneur was going to be this hard. No one said it was going to be this lonely, that you were going to cry. You're going to have panic attacks. You're going to break down often. Relationships are going to be sacrificed. Not everybody that you meet is going to be understanding of your time, your scheduling, all of those variables. And so when I started this, I was with a boyfriend and I had been doing therapy, but like I wasn't actually doing therapy. It's you can go to therapy and talk to a wall and have somebody just go, yep. So how does that make you feel? Oh yeah. But unless you're actually challenging your thoughts, like the work starts when you leave the office, it doesn't actually start when you're in it. And so for me, like when, when I had the breakup, I like, I, I identified with that, with my relationship and it was a complete, like I was done. I was 
I couldn't even function. I had lost like 25 pounds and on me, you can definitely tell. And that's when I started seeing a therapist that I even told her like, there's something going on. And I started reading the book attached and, and realizing like, okay, you're anxious. Oh, well, what you have anxious attack. What the, what does that mean? Anxious attachment style started really like delving into that and being, finding a therapist where I was like, I want to do what I need to do here to grow and get better. Yeah. And that meant seeing like, when I say do the work, I mean, you need to go in there. Like it's the number one reason why we pretty much do everything that we do is because of inner child healing. It's the, the little version, like my therapist now says it's your emotional age. So if you consistently react from a specific place in life, from that 10 year old, from that 12 year old, you realize those patterns about you. Like for me, I was like, why am I dating the same kind of guy over and over again? Oh, I'm dating my father. Ah, textbook. Right. But I didn't get why truly I was doing that until I really started to do the work of going, okay, it's time for me to talk to little me and it's time for me to get in there. And it's so painful. It is the most gruesome work that you have to do, but it's the most beautiful and rewarding relationship you'll ever have. Cause you're stuck with just you. Like you got nobody else every single day, day in and day out. Yeah. So until you really get down there and really, like really start to ask yourself, like, where are the attachments? What is the story that I'm telling myself? Where is this unworthiness coming from? Why? What are my limiting beliefs? That's what I mean by do the work and really ask yourself those questions. Be honest with yourself and admit to your shortcomings. Because I think a lot of the times people don't want to it's, I blame everybody else. Oh, it's the circumstances. It's this, it's this. And even sometimes my mom will say, well, can't you just explain if you go to an investor? And I'm like, I, I'm going to stop you there. It's my responsibility if the business doesn't succeed and the business doesn't do what it needs to do. They don't want to hear excuses. They want to hear take ownership and stop blaming everybody else. Otherwise, I don't have use for having somebody that's going to constantly blame other people. So it's been such a journey. And along the way, I've really discovered so much about myself because it started when my ex and I broke up. And it's thus made me such a completely different business owner because I started to realize like I was limiting myself. I was stopping Mm. myself from reaching like marks and doing things. Like I started a TikTok because I, my friends were like, I'm tired of hearing you talk about dating, like start something, let other people listen to you. And I was like, okay. And I started it, but I had so much fear. It took me a year to start it because I kept thinking, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And that was my own shit. That's where I needed to go in and do the work and be like, where is this coming from? Where did that belief start? Why are you continuously repeating it to yourself? And what is it about that? That makes you feel so comfortable to stay in that place. And then how can we challenge that and start challenging the thoughts every single time to where the TikTok is at 160,000 followers in four months. And I started my own podcast called do the work. Cause I was like, I can share this journey with other people. So it's like, that's, I I hope I answered it. I hope sometimes. No, I I love it. No, that was so good. That was, that was more than the, yes, that was so good. Um, you mentioned just how painful it is, how grueling it is, how hard it is, but how worth it it is. What would you say to the person who's like, but I've been avoiding this. Like, I know, I know I have work to do, but I don't want to go there. I don't want to feel it. I don't want to live that again. I don't want to, but I know I need to, like, what would you say to them? So I think the first thing is like, I would ask them like, well, is it serving you by not? Like, are you, you, are you the definition of insanity expecting to do the same thing and, you know, doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Then the second one is, what are you so scared of? What are you so scared of, of going back in there? And then you start to die. Like once you pull on the thread, that's like, I've gotten so good at doing that for myself. Like, even if I get moments of anxiety on something, I'll stop and be like, okay, what is the story that you're creating? Why are you doing this? Where is this coming from? What is the root cause? And then you can go back and go, okay, it's time to reparent. It's time to talk to myself and say, dude, you're good. What's the worst? Like, and then I also think of like, what's the worst that really can happen? Eh, it doesn't do well. Okay. Yeah. 
you know, so I think it's like, it's challenging the thoughts. And that's usually the first step. Cause I do work with clients now one-on-one on like trying to understand their patterns and behaviors with like the dating stuff, especially because and it seeps into, you know, being a business owner or working for other people is really just like anticipatory anxiety is so much worse than the actual anxiety. Yeah. So when you start to create this, this, this narrative of it's too much and I'm too scared to go back, it's like, well, first, yeah, you need to talk to a therapist. You need to work with somebody that is licensed to help you go back into those moments. Cause like you shouldn't just talk to anybody about your childhood traumas. That is some serious stuff. And that is some heavy, heavy things that can really impact your future. And if you don't do it correctly, you could, you can really get like some PTSD and, and be stuck, but with the right help, that's the first step. It's like, if somebody yeah. doesn't want to like go to a therapist. I love it. I love it. I am like super pro get all of this handled and work through it. Cause it is life changing, life changing. Yeah. yeah. So I love, I love that you're just so open and honest about it. Cause it's so powerful. Um, you mentioned TikTok, So we're going to do another. Uh, <laughs> how, how have you gone from zero to 160,000 in four months? I think I'm controversial with a lot of the stuff I say, because I'm coming from a very like tough love because that's kind of how my sister is. My sister had an eating disorder and went through the program and my brother had a drug problem, went through the program. So they are very like, no bullshit, call you out. And for a long time, I was like, and then as I started doing it, I'm like, no, I needed that. So I'm the tough older sister that has been through it and is trying to give you the advice. And so I kind of position myself as that of like, I'm telling you the stuff your friends aren't telling you. I'm telling you the stuff that other people aren't telling you because they they know you don't want to hear it. Yeah. And I think I just, I, I was super consistent. I had so many, I mean, I've been single dating. I now have a boyfriend, but um, I've been single dating since I was 18. You know, like I'm 32. I've been in New York for 12 years, LA and now San Diego. So I've had the major city experience. I dated in Miami. Like I know all about the... <laughs> terrible, terrible dates and stories. And I, I was bred into the online dating world. Yeah. So for me, I think I, I'm able to, and now what I really tapped into is that anxious dating. And I get so many people that'll comment first. I mean, the trolls are a whole nother level. We're not even talking to them, but the people that relate, they'll say, I mean, it's like, you know me. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I was you. Yeah. That's how I'm able to relate so well is it's not a therapist saying, well, textbook says this. It's yeah. no, I had these daddy issues and this is how I overcame it. Don't give me any fucking excuses. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You mentioned trolls. Okay. Ugh. We also know that you're like, you're like walking this path of managing mental health and like taking care of yourself. And then trolls are like a whole nother level. How do you handle that? Dude, when I first started the TikTok, I would cry. I would cry so hard because they are so like inappropriately mean. I mean, this is, it's such projection and yeah. it's such, you can see, you're like, I'm sorry that you're such a miserable human that you have to sit behind a phone and attack a random stranger who posted a video that you don't like yeah. because you don't agree with it. And it's like, what I also started to see was I was like, men hate women. Like there are a lot of dudes that, that do not have respect for women that are antiquated in their thinking and say just... It just even the inappropriate things about me, like you look over the hill, you should be married with kids by now, oh you, old, my you old hag. And you're like 32, what the fuck? You have, we have no, men have no use for women like you. You're over the hill, 25 is the age. Like get a clue, This you'll be single forever. And then worse. And at first I let it affect me and then I blocked him. Then I started just getting to a point where I was like, I'm not going to let these people 
tarnish my truth because it makes them uncomfortable. I must be doing something right then. And my mama always said, she's like, don't try to get into business unless you have elephant skin. Like if you're not tough, if everything is going to make you crumble, how you think you're going to make it through. And so now I, I'm always make, I always call them out and I block, I don't, I'm very slap happy with the block button. And I think what it's done is it's thickened me up a little bit. When I see yeah. stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, get out of here. Like, we don't have time for you. I don't even take it seriously. I, if I notice it affect me, I instantly block them before I respond. I'm working mm. on responding, not reacting. So I think the trolls have helped me. It's a blessing. Your haters can help you teach. So how can help you learn a little. It really does. It's so interesting because it's so easy to be like, oh, just like, let it roll. Like they don't like, let it roll. But it's so personal. Like, especially when you're showing up, you're true, authentic, being honest, who you are. And then people are just like throwing crap your way. You're like, but at the same time, it really does. Like, you've got to have thick skin. You've got to know who you are. You've got to know you're worthy. You don't need anyone else's validation and whatever. And when you can get to that place, it is like a new level of confidence and passion around what you're doing, because it's, it's not that they don't affect you anymore. Cause it's still like, is like, uh, you're, uh, you know, but yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> just block in and just block and move on, block and move on. It's, it's like a guttural. You're like, Oh, I got punched. Yeah. But then I start to, like, cause then I'll, the reason too, it's like, if you get that upset by the comment, then you start to have to ask yourself, well, is there validity to this? What did this trigger within you? Why are you mm-hmm. so upset by this? Cause if I see somebody make a knock against me, Oh, you look like you're 45. I'm like, no, I don't. Okay. Like <laughs> we all know that I don't. So let's not right. embarrass. Now you're embarrassing yourself. But if somebody says something like that, it triggers you. You're like, maybe this is a place of exploration and you can't. Yeah. Because, and what I've also learned too, with the world is no matter with the world of TikTok specifically, no matter what you say, you cannot please them all. Mm. I will think when I make a video, like that when they'll go viral, you're like, Oh shit. And you start to look at the comments early. Cause you're like, which way are we going here? You can tell early on. If you, if you're going viral and you're like, Oh my God, it's, it's a thousand of those super creepy, disgusting dudes that like, everything is like their front photo or <laughs> no photos. And they're just like, you're needy. You're insufferable. This girl is so annoying. I'll just turn, turn comments off. And I'm like, you're done. Yeah. We're muting you no more anymore. But when it happens, oftentimes what I'll learn is like, I, I said something, for instance, a video that went viral was about texting and dating that somebody's texting behavior doesn't necessarily mean that they're into you. Like how many guys I've had that'll text nonstop when I start meeting them. And that doesn't mean they want a relationship. That usually just means they're unhealthy and have anxiety in their self or avoidant. And they want the fuel, whatever we could go into that. And I said, you know, it's about how someone shows up for you. It's overall, I thought, and when I posted it, I was like, you nailed it. Okay. You got it all out. And then you get the comments and you're like, <laughs> You just create, I'm like, I don't even know where you got that. We're like, oh, the guy I'm seeing hasn't texted me for three weeks and we haven't seen each other. Oh, so you're saying he's into me? And I'm like, like, so it's like, you know, you can only do so. It's the same with having a company. Like I remember, you know, for me, it's like, if you don't stand for something, you fall for everything. So it's like, you got to have the confidence in yourself. And I remember when I first started software, my business partner, I would take all the client feedback and come back to me and be like, we have to change it all. Mm. And he's finally sat me down and he was like, dude, you need to be confident in what you make and hold to it. Like yeah. now he gets to a point where when a client goes, well, I don't like the fit. I go, okay, we'll take care. Like I'm just done. I'm like, I'm not here to cater to you unless you're going to give me a thousand piece order that makes it worth my time. Right. Since you're not, and you only want 30 pieces, go find another brand then. Yeah. It's so, isn't it interesting how parallel all of this is business, yeah. dating, mental health. It's like everything is interwoven in life period. 
So when you work on one thing, it translates into another, it helps another, it helps another. So I love that we were able to like touch on all of these things. Cause at first I'm like, how are we going to bring this all together? But they just, that that's what it is. Exactly. It all, I know what it really, like what I've learned along this journey of working with people is like, it all stems from the inner child or the core totally. traumas. And it doesn't, when I say traumas, I don't necessarily mean that you're beaten or that something, God forbid, you know, that, that you were abused. It could even be like, I look at my nephew I hope my sister doesn't listen to this. I look at my nephew and I love him. He's eight. I can already see the trauma that's starting. His parents are insanely incredible. They are amazing parents, but I can start, I'm looking and I'm like, you're going to hate my sister for this. And I'm like, I can see it. I can already see it forming. And I can see how he's talking to her and the disrespect and the control. And it's like, so if you were to talk to him as an adult, you go, what are you talking about? I had two incredible parents. I didn't have trauma. And it's like, what that means is as a child, that's your, that's the lens you saw it through. And yeah. it's important to go back there to be like, and that's why as an adult, you reparent. And I think it, then it, it hits in every level because I'm a better business owner. I'm a better girlfriend. I'm a better sister and, and, and daughter, I was going to say wife, um, <laughs> to, to everybody in my surroundings, because I have now, I'm not operating from that 12 year old constantly always coming from that insecure place. I've learned now within myself, like you have to love yourself and save yourself. No one's going to do that for you. Yeah. I love that so much. Save yourself. No one's going to do that for you. That's a motto. I love it. I love it. If everybody lived by that, like imagine how much courage and action and like they would take in their life. Like they would not look elsewhere. They would just look within and know that I'm going to do it. I'm going to make the changes. I'm going to do it. It's me. I don't, and I think a lot of people underestimate how powerful that is. And yeah. I, I, I get that with like a lot of, you know, TikTok has taught me so much about human behavior and psychology. And I'm so grateful, even though it's a platform that you wouldn't think, but it's like Instagram, you know, it, it's, it's bred such a beautiful community, but it's also done some terrible things, which we can acknowledge. <laughs> but what I've also seen is like, people don't really understand even that the self-love, it really, it comes out in different ways. Like one girl mm-hmm. was arguing with me today that I was saying, if somebody doesn't want a relationship, it's not your job to prove yourself to them. Like you just walk away. Okay. You don't want something. No worries. I'll move on. And she says, well, how, how totally cold of you. If I, anybody tells me they don't want a relationship, I'm there to help them heal. And I'm going to be the person that's at least their friend and you're just cold. And I was like, do you, you don't see it, do you? And I'm like, so you want to fix them. You want to be the person to heal. You want to be needed. That's why you stick around. When that person tells you that they don't want you, you still have to stick. And I'm like, do you see how that all comes back to that self-worth of you need to prove yourself to other people to get the validation because somebody telling you that they don't want you is a challenge accepted. And so it's like all these little scenarios that I go through have taught me so much about it all stems back there. Not to be the woo-woo self-love heals all. It's not. That's Self-love is just one step out of how you show up for yourself and, and how Absolutely. you do, but it's the, it's the first place to start. Yeah. I love it. I love this whole conversation. I love everywhere it went, all the different places. Where can, where can our, li- our listeners find more of you? Obviously on TikTok. <laughs> of course, yes. Very much on TikTok. Um, you will not be able to get away from me. Um, so it's the same Insta handle, Sabrina.Zohar, um, Z-O-H-A-R on Insta and TikTok. And then software is W-E-A-R, where software. So a little play on where words. Software. Perfect. W-E-A-R for both. Um, and then our website to wear software. Awesome. Sabrina, thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Thanks for sharing. You guys, if this spoke to you, if it resonated, if you have friends who you feel like could listen 
to her. Like I could listen to her all day long. Thank <laughs> Send you. this episode over, go find her on TikTok, on Instagram, get connected, go grab her software, all the things. All right. Kate, we'll see you back in another week. Thanks, Brina. Thank you. Wrapping up another episode. And I just want to thank you for sticking around. Before you head out, I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams. Because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.